Welcome to the Aon Pensions Podcast. This is the first in the diversity and inclusion podcast series. I'm going to welcome Linda and Susan, who are here to talk about how pension schemes can improve DNI on their board for their members. This is the first in a series of DNI podcasts that we'll be running for you. Good to have you both back on the podcast, Linda and Susan. Can you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Linda Whitney. I'm a partner and scheme actuary. I'm really passionate about equality and equity. And although I'm a pensions expert, I would say I'm very much still keen to learn when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Hi, I'm Susan, and I'm a partner and lead our governance services to trustees. Like Linda, I see DNI as a journey both for me personally and for pension schemes, but an area that pensions governance can really help make strides. Linda, can you start by telling us about the podcast series and why you're running these? Sure. I mean, we felt there was lots of information out there just talking generally about DNI and some great guides even in the pension space, like the PLSA's uh, DNI Made Simple. But that really explained the case for why DNI was important. What we felt was missing was the next piece, the piece that helps trustees and pensions managers actually take practical actions to improve diversity and inclusion in their pension scheme. So that's why we prepared this very much from a practical perspective as a practical guide for trustees. This podcast series is taking some of the sections of that guide and exploring them in a little bit more detail. Sue and Mark will talk about uh, how trustees can use diversity and inclusion to improve their decision making. Sarah and Shromi will talk about how to use DNI to enhance the recruitment of trustees. Andy and Anne will look at some of the ways we can reflect DNI in communication with members. And finally, we'll come back to Susan and I to wrap up and suggest some actions you can take to further your DNI journey for your pension scheme. Uh, Susan, why are you focusing on this now? So in general, the DNI agenda has made some real traction this year across the world. And I believe the death of George Floyd in particular and the response to this has really accelerated the pace of action that is being taken to improve DNI matters generally. Corporates are being held to account in their businesses and setting themselves targets. And I really think these types of changes are a reflection of a general demand from people that we want to recognise the diversity in our population and to promote inclusion and equity. Within the pension space, there's an increase in understanding and focus on DNI and why it matters. The pensions regulator has set this out as an area of focus for trustees through the consultation outcome of the future of trusteeship and governance. And David Fairs and others have started to publish blogs on why DNI matters for pension schemes. The pensions regulator initiative is to set up a working group in this area was put on hold by COVID. But this does not mean it's been forgotten and TPR have been very supportive of our guide. I don't feel that there's a lack of interest within pension schemes, but it's felt quite difficult to know how to start this journey. And that's exactly why we've developed this guide. Linda, does diversity deliver enhanced outcomes for members? I believe it does. I think there's plenty of research showing how diverse corporate boards are more successful. And you'll see some of the facts backing this up in the PLSA's Made Simple Guide. And then if I turn to some of our future podcast topics and how they really deliver outcomes for members. If I start with decision making, decisions are less likely to be subject to unconscious bias if you increase the diversity and perspective of those making the decisions. 
and cognitively diverse groups are less subject to groupthink. We also have got tools and techniques to use within your existing trustee board to help spot unconscious bias. Then, if I turn to recruitment of trustees, if you create an inclusive environment where more diverse candidates choose to put themselves forward for the role of trustees, then we'll have a greater pool of trustees to choose from, and we're more likely to engage the membership when they feel represented. And on communication with members. Considering the physical, mental and digital accessibility can make a real difference to members. For example, ensuring comms are in a format that's compatible with screen readers. Thinking about the financial literacy or reading age of the membership when drafting communications. Or thinking about what digital tools your membership typically feel comfortable with and receive information in a way that they're most likely to engage with it. Now, for many pensioners, paper is still king. But I was really struck by the passion with which an Aon colleague with significant sight problems challenged what reasonable adaptations could achieve and cost effectively to make both disabled workers and older scheme members with sight issues be fully included in the decisions they need to make on their pensions. So, you know, whether that be large print or braille, with changes from small to significant. But when it comes to the value for members, the value that can bring to that individual can be unparalleled. And Susan, what are some of the barriers you hear when talking to trustees about improving their pension scheme diversity? So some of the barriers I've heard are around, we don't have much choice in the candidates to put themselves forward for the role of a trustee and are generally grateful if we can fill our vacancies. And to this, I'd say that the fact that no one is putting themselves forward suggests that the first piece is around getting people to read the communications and focus on the transferable skills that we look for so that a candidate can look at the advert and think that they can add some value. Another barrier might be around cost and time. The pension scheme is expensive and time consuming. Just delivering all that is required from a compliance perspective is a big enough burden. To this, I'd sympathise, and particularly for smaller schemes, costs can seem disproportionate. Here, if you can do something in the DNI space, maybe pick out the items that you feel add the most value and implement the changes over a longer time period. Also, you may find the sponsor has done a lot of work in this space already, and so you can bring it across to the scheme quickly and cheaply. Uh, Linda, finally, how did you build the team to write the diversity guide? I think that's a really interesting question, and we did get a really wide range of contributors. We've got diverse backgrounds in the authors, utilising those who focus on diversity and inclusion as part of their day job, through pensions and investment consultants, who are all at different stages in their DNI journey, but with expertise in specific topics like responsible investments or our communication professionals. We specifically sought out less experienced colleagues to ensure there isn't a bias towards experience and potentially older people. We have a diversity of protected characteristics amongst the authors, whether that's gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation and disabilities. And it was great to be able to draw on that expertise and passion from Aon's diversity networks and for those authors to bring their, well, their lived experiences. Um, we also deliberately sought out people who think differently to the core authors so that we gained the advantages of diversity of thought, that cognitive diversity 
I must admit, it was actually quite fun to say to someone, I'm asking you to be involved in this project because I want you to be a sceptic and to be devil's advocate and perhaps balance out some of the passion from the other contributors. The writing and editing process for this has been really interesting and frankly educational for me, um, but really quite a challenge to try and get the words right on some of these sensitive issues. I hope we've achieved that, but if we haven't, do let us know. Well, thank you, Linda and Susan. I think this is going to be a great podcast series and something that's going to really help pension schemes deal with a sensitive subject matter. The next podcast will be around DNI and decision making. And for that one, I'll be joined by Sue and Mark. All left now to do is say thank you to Linda and Susan. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for listening.